0: Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, November 3rd, 2023. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanenny. I'm coming to you solo because on Thursday night, I went out to Jupiter, Florida, to see a production of Ken Ludwig's adaptation of Agatha Christie's Murder on the Orient Express. Earlier this week, I had a conversation with Andrew Selen, who plays Hercule Poirot in that production. It is in both the Patreon and regular feed now, if you wanna go back and listen to that. I really enjoyed not only our chat, But also the production, a wonderfully inventive production in terms of the set design and great performances all around. It is running for a couple weeks at the Maltz Jupiter Theater. So if you are in the Florida, South Florida area, you should definitely check that out. But we're gonna dive into today's episode, which is just going to be a bunch of reviews because we had one show open up on Broadway on Thursday night, two shows open off-Broadway, and one show open at New York City Center. I'm gonna run through at least some of the reviews for each of those. We, of course, will start on Broadway at the American Airlines Theater with the Roundabout Theater Company's production of I Need That, a new play by Teresa Rebeck and directed by Moritz von Stupnagel. It features a cast of three led by the TV and movie icon, Danny DeVito. Playing his daughter in the show is his real-life daughter, Lucy DeVito, making her Broadway debut. And as Danny DeVito's character, Sam's longtime friend, Foster, is Ray Anthony Thomas. The plot description reads thusly, Sam doesn't get out much. Actually, he doesn't get out at all, opting instead for the safety of his house in the company of his things, his many, many things. But when a notice from the government arrives alerting Sam that he must clean up his property or face eviction, he's forced to reckon with what's trash, what's treasure, and whether he can ever know the difference between the two. As a recording time review aggregator site, Did They Like It has collected 11 reviews. Two were positive, eight were mixed, and one was negative. Starting first with Jesse Green of the New York Times, he said, quote, Alas, the busy set by Alexander Dodge leaves little for the rest of the play to do. Hyper-competently, like a good three-camera sitcom, Moritz von Stoepnagel's production for the Roundabout Theater Company, which opened on Thursday, will inch out Sam's story, as well as that of his daughter, Amelia, and his old pal, Foster. It will calibrate the requisite unsurprising surprises. It will cut its laughs with pesos and plump for a tear at the end. That's no small feat, of course, Rebeck has a keen feeling for structure and the larger movements of storytelling. This is her 21st major New York production, and fifth on Broadway since 1992. She's also the creator of the TV series Smash, so she obviously knows plenty about sustaining conflict. And there's certainly pleasure to be had when an expert like DeVito, for 15 seasons a star of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, gets his mouth around a morsel of fragrant patois or a juicy monologue. At one point he plays all sides of a game of sorry, complete with vicious kibitzing and gloating. But in the same way the monologue leans too heavily on foul-mouthed grandpa laughs, the play overall, within its neat architecture, feels cluttered and obvious. Amelia, played by DeVito's daughter Lucy, arrives in a flurry to tell her father that town authorities will condemn and evict him if he doesn't get the mess, which is both a fire trap and an eyesore, under control. Foster, Ray Anthony Thomas, offers to clean up, but something always stops Sam in his tracks. I'm organizing, he insists, I'm being selective. At this point, you realize that the play, having set Sam up as a mild hoarder, he doesn't buy new things, his kitchen and bathrooms are clean, has not given him much to do, but dither amusingly as he tries to decide what to part with. It's like Sophie's choice, he whines. Nor much for Amelia to do, but push back. To her, it's like the end of Carrie, where the house is so full of terrible things, it just sucks itself into the earth. Eventually, one of them will win, or this being a comedy, probably both. Going over to Adam Feldman of Time Out New York, who gave the show 3 out of 5 stars, said, quote, DeVito is a star for a reason. His vulnerable, hilarious performance is a certifiable gem. If only this treasure weren't so often lost in the piles that surrounded it. Greg Evans of Deadline said, quote, Clutter, physical and emotional, is the subject of Teresa Rebeck's new Broadway play, I Need That, a comedy drama that star Danny DeVito works mightily and with increasing futility to stuff with laughs and meaning. David Gordon of Theater Mania, who is positive, said, quote, Do you need to see I Need That? Not really, but you'll have a nice time if you do, even if it does leave you hungry for something a little more substantial. Robert Hoffler writing for The Wrap was negative, saying, "Quote." Sam's realization isn't the only moment that recalls TV fare. Rebeck's play, which opened Thursday at Roundabout's American Airlines Theater, would be better titled, Sanford and Daughter, even though Rebeck's attempts at writing one-liners rarely rises to the level of the 1970s sitcom starring Red Fox. And finally, Charles Isherwood of the Wall Street Journal says, quote, The national pastime, I refer not to baseball, but to the acquisition of too much stuff and the refusal to get rid of a single dog-eared book, worn pair of shoes, or old playbill, as if life weren't worth living without each, comes under sympathetic scrutiny and I Need That, a modest but likable sentiment spritz comedy by Teresa Rebeck. All right, let's go over from the American Airlines Theater to New York City Center, where Pow Joey began playing earlier this week. It is going to run just through Sunday. This is a brand new adaptation directed by Savion Glover and Tony Goldwyn. In the show... Joey Evans is a black jazz singer in the 1940s, struggling to make it big his way with his sound on Chicago's vibrant nightclub circuit. This Rodgers and Hart classic incorporates additional beloved tunes from the duo's songbook, as well as an updated book by Richard LaGravenet and Daniel Coa Betty. The cast features Loretta Devine in a newly scripted character of Lucille, Aisha Jackson as Linda, Elizabeth Stanley as Vera, and Ephraim Sykes as Joey. Sivion Glover himself does appear in the show as well as one of a group of tap-dancing spirits that help tell Joey's story. Obviously, if you're familiar with Pal Joey, this is somewhat of a departure from the original show. While the bones of the story seem to be fairly similar by turning Joey into a black jazz singer, it seems like some of the critics have some issues with what that means for the use of Rodgers and Hart's songs. Jesse Green of the New York Times was mixed, saying, quote, you can certainly count on coherence from the songs themselves, no matter how randomly they sometimes seem to have been placed in one Rogers and Hart show instead of another. Even completely shorn of plot relevance, they are evergreen for a reason. Though this pal Joey rightfully questions the appropriation of black voices in American popular culture, referring to the king of jazz, Paul Whiteman, and the king of swing, Benny Goodman, Joey says, awful lot of kings out there playing our music. It's strange to build that argument on the back of these standards. If they're the problem, why celebrate them and make them sound so good in the process? Robert Hoffler of The Rap was negative saying, quote, Sykes, to his credit, doesn't ask for our sympathy the way his dialogue begs for it. In a normal pal Joey, he would be a great Joey. He exudes confidence without ever pushing it, and especially affecting is the understated way he unveils a song like I could write a book. He leaves the over-emotive deliveries to his two leading ladies. Tony Goldwyn and Savion Glover direct, and Glover also choreographs. Tap dancing spirits follow Sykes around the stage. They don't provide segues between scenes so much as they remind us that several elements of this production, including these dancers, have absolutely nothing to do with what Rodgers and Hart, not to mention O'Hara, wrote. John O'Hara was the original book writer whose work was mostly stripped away for this production. Next, we're going to go to New York Theater Workshop, where Marry Me, which I do want to mention is spelled M-E-R-R-Y, officially opened earlier this week. It is currently set to run through November 19th. On an island not far away from the vulnerable coasts of the enemy state, a mysterious blackout has left the Navy restless and itching for action. Lieutenant Shane Horn has occupied her time satisfying the libidiousness needs of all the women on the base, including the jealous general's wife. But her own Marys will not um, it's in the press release sorry for the double entendre there meanwhile a famed angel redescends to amend her previous prophecies sending the navy psychiatrist on an epic quest to save humanity the show is written by Hansel Young and directed by Lee Silverman and features a cast of Miranda Anderson Cindy Cheung Esco Julie David Ryan Smith Ryan Spahn Nicole Villamil and Seanette Renee Wilson Starting with Sarah Holdren writing for Vulture, she said, quote, Hansel Young's Marry Me is a self-described lesbian sex comedy with marketing full of eggplant and peach emoji. Developed by Young and director Lee Silverman in the years since their 2018 collaboration Wild Goose Dreams. Busting out of its trousers with sources, the play riffs on restoration comedy, Greek drama and poetry, Shakespeare, Tony Kushner, David Bowie, Melissa Etheridge, even R-Town. Young is a writer who loves burbling, semi-chaotic language, and Marry Me often has the feeling of an overfilled champagne flute. It's a giddy cascade of bubbles, and it gives all the signals of being a saucy, silly good time. Regina Robbins writing for Time Out in New York, he gave the show four out of five stars, saying, quote, Despite all these blasts from the past the works of Shakespeare and Virginia Woolf also make appearances, Mary Me lives very much in the present and marks a stark departure from much of Young's previous work, which is focused on characters immobilized by trauma. Director Lee Silverman, a frequent collaborator, fully embraces Young's ode to sexual ecstasy, as does the cast capering to and fro on Rachel Hawke's candy-colored set. Because the sexuality on display is primarily queer, the play has an inherently political element. But we're not here to get our consciousness raised. We're here to bear witness to women unashamed of their desires and determined to satisfy them. And maybe to see some white men get vaporized like in Avengers Affinity War. Mary, indeed, the great work begins. And finally, we're gonna go back to New York City Center, this time for the Manhattan Theater Club production of Quine Nguyen's Poor Yellow Rednecks. The show is currently scheduled to run through November 26th. Directed by May Andralis, the show follows a young Vietnamese family's attempts to put down roots in Arkansas, a place as different from home as it gets. A mom and dad balance big hopes and low wage jobs as old flings threaten to pull them apart. It all makes for a bumpy road to the American dream. This is a sequel to Nguyen's Viet Gone and features a ton of comic book and action movie influences in a play that melds a deeply personal story with the playwright's trademark killer humor. Starting first with Naveen Kumar, writing for the New York Times, who said, quote, Nguyen's answer is an expletive-filled fusion of hip-hop and martial arts with the soapy twists and turns of addictive serial television. Under the wry and nimble direction of Mae Andralis, Poor Yellow Rednecks is a crowd-tickling comedy that squashes preconceptions in order to place heart in a vice grip. Sarah Holdren, writing for Vulture, said, quote, Whatever its shortcomings, poor yellow redneck's effervesces goodwill. Its combination of unfeigned earnestness and irreverent early Marvel-era wit can't help but bring to mind that moment, that other world, when Obama was still president and Hamilton was taking its shot on Broadway. Raven Snook, writing for Time Out in New York, did give the show 4 out of 5 stars, writing, quote, Quin Nguyen's latest play reheats his stylistic melting pot to tell the story of his Vietnamese parents' post-war immigration to the United States. A sequel to his irreverent and well-received Viet Gun, which also ran at Manhattan Theater Club with much of the same cast and creative team, Poor Yellow Rednecks is a similarly merry mashup of hip-hop, pop culture, cursing, and kung fu, buoyed by winning performances and plenty of heart. We of course will have review roundups for all of these shows in the show notes if you want to read more of these or other reviews. All right, that's all that we have for you today. Thanks for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio and you can follow me pretty much anywhere at bwwmat. Have a wonderful Friday, a wonderful weekend, and we'll be back to talk to you on Monday.